Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peter, and I'm joined once again by Josh. Josh, what's up, man? How is it going? I'm uh, depressed. I'm just kidding. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for today. I'm it's excited. Like the for most enthusiastic way to say you're depressed, which is just like <laughs> such the opposite. It's just so funny. I couldn't imagine someone that's like truly depressed and being like, "I'm depressed." Like, yeah. <laughs> I forget oh, the YouTuber's man. name, but he has that clip where he's like, "I have crippling depression." Like, <laughs> that's like a sound bit. That's like pretty. I forget who it is though. Damn it! All right. Hey, who? We, yeah, uh, I've we, I've I've had I've had a good week. I'm excited about today. We've pushed the recording because of uh, uh, timing considerations, but because of adulting, yes. Well, actually, no. The true story is well, adulting oh. came came into effect. But the true story was we were going to do the original Friday the Thirteenth, and you went ahead and watched it. And I was like, this is so bad. I don't even know if we should do an episode on it. So- oh, we could we could talk about it for five minutes. Uh, the movie is bad. <laughs> the writing is bad. Um, I understand that it for the time it was probably people are like, wow, this is amazing. But it is uh, you watch it now and you're like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Um, <laughs> and it, Kevin, yeah, so- Kevin Bacon's in it. He takes an arrow in the neck. Uh, it's like his second movie of all time. And just the pacing, the pacing is weird. The pacing of how people die is weird. Like some people die on screen, some people die off screen, some useless scenery. I don't know, it's just a weird film. Yeah. Well, we, so we, we discussed a little bit and we were like, let's not do this film. And then I'm like, let's do Nightmare on Elm Street. So before we get into this, we are doing eight weeks of horror. We are now week number six. We only have two weeks left. Correct. So we're in week number six. Eight weeks of horror, countdown to Halloween. This week we're doing Friday the thirteenth from nineteen eighty four. And we decided on doing this one because you had told me how bad watching No, we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Did I say that? Did I say Nightmare? Did I say Friday? I'm getting those. Yeah, you did say Friday the thirteenth. We're we're doing doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, nineteen eighty four. Doing nineteen eighty four is Nightmare on Elm Street. That's correct. And you did Friday you watched Friday the thirteenth because we originally were gonna talk about that. That that was like what, seventy seven? Seventy or is it eighty? I 80. remember it was 80. Okay, I remember that being really old. And I was like, this is probably not going to be good. But And then I was like, oh, that's actually not Jason. That's Jason's mother, actually, which a, yeah, you a know, lot of people don't know. What's they, funny is I didn't know that. I, I don't think I've ever seen that movie, at least not in a capacity. I wasn't in a mental capacity to understand what I was watching, I guess, when I saw it. like I just yeah. knew it was Friday the 13th. I couldn't conceptualize or at least like I don't have any memory of seeing it prior so I watched it so I guess that's why I have that like I d- that that idea of it you know like I I watched it for the first time basically ever and so yeah. I'm already this film detail cynic that watches a film and I'm like it's dumb <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and just I, I was afraid that might be an issue with that film because it's been a very long time since I've seen it, and I was like, and then you you said it. So we we decided to do Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think this film probably had some of the similar issues that the nineteen eighty Friday the Thirteenth yeah, film. Yeah, because it was just it was just a one day switch decision yeah. to go from to from but, uh, Friday to Nightmare. I, but I also thought so. Like doing Friday the Thirteenth, it's the, the original is not as well known either because like you, like you said, you didn't know that it was. 
it was Jason's mother and not Jason himself. And everyone thinks of Friday the 13th as Jason. So I feel like we would do that episode in, I don't know, it just didn't seem like a good idea just because we'd be talking about Jason's bum the whole time. So right. I was like, I mean, but J- J- not Jason, as iconic. Jason is in the film. Is he in the film? I don't remember. At the end. Being... Oh, okay. Does he kill people he... at the end or something? No, no, no. I mean, at the end, he jumps out of the lake and he grabs the girl. Okay. Out of the water. And I think that was like the biggest jump scare. Like the end of the movie is really where I think is where people were like, whoa, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like hinting, it's foreshadowing that that Jason is around. Mm, okay. You know, well, one thing that did, I know we're talking about a different movie, but one thing, that did dis- one thing that did disturb me about Friday the 13th was uh, when Pamela, that's her name, Pamela Voorhees, when she finally reveals herself as the killer, you know, and you as the viewer know 100%, she's voicing Jason. She's like, killer, mommy. Like, doing that, and then having, like, this, this duality of, of characters, like, this displaying her mental illness that's driving mm-hmm. her to kill. Like, she can hear Jason's voice in her head, but she, not only that, but she can, she speaks it. And I thought mm-hmm. that was, that really, that actually did make me uncomfortable. No, oh, interesting. Yeah, but anyways, we pivoted to Nightmare on Elm Street, and both those films, for me, a lot of these films I pick are just because they're nostalgic, they fucked me up as a kid, and, you know, I have, like, these fond memories of watching horror films with my pops, and I was like, let's, that's why we're picking these films to talk about, and I'm starting to question, like, why I was so scared of this stuff, maybe because I was so young and impressionable as a little kid when I watched these films, because going back, I guess... Before we dive into like characters and things, Nightmare on Elm Street just was weird. Going back and it was just felt weird. Like the performances at certain points was really cheesy. But at some points I didn't think it was that bad. There were some some points in the film where I was like, okay, and it just and it wasn't scary. Like made me like think maybe it was scary back then in the eighties. But it's just some of the scenes in the film I was just kind of like uh, I don't know. But we'll get it. We'll dive into all that. I don't know. What was your what is your memories of? Nightmare on Elm Street. I almost said Friday 13th. So I know for a fact that I had seen the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street prior to watching it again a few days ago. And there is this weird, like, it doesn't affect you anymore. I found it more of a uh, opportunity to, to laugh. There was a lot of th- There were things that I was like, ooh, you know, with... um understanding how freddy was created with some stuff that i've read yeah. like yeah that could that's nightmare fuel 100 percent. but it's just it's like you said it's the performances and um excuse me um <laughs> and god damn it <laughs> <laughs> i did that one on purpose <laughs> but the the film itself is is weird it's a weird film. You would consider it a horror movie. A lot, not a lot of people die. Freddy racks what three kills in this movie? He kills uh, Tina, 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 Rod. Which I actually I love. I thought her her death was awesome. 
where she's floating mm-hmm. in the room. Yes. yes. I want to know how That's they hor- did. I tried to find out how they did where she's literally floating in the middle. It's and, a, she's it's she's like, oscillating, but she's not fixed to anything. It's a rotating room. So the camera's I, fixed. All it is is just rotating the room and the camera's just fixed. Like No, like I in, understand I understand oh. that. What I'm saying is that during her death scene, she's oscillating in free space. Yeah, I have to rewatch it, but it, the room is moving at the same time. So as the room moves, like the gravity shifts, and so it looks all wonky and and weird, and that's why it looks. Well, I doubt they were able to create zero gravity on a close. No, set. no, but the way the way I have to go back and I watch it again. But the way the way it moves, because they they I saw. I don't know if you ever watched Inceptions, like the making of. They showed yeah. how they filmed some of those scenes. They use wires, though, in a lot of those inceptions, zero gravity scenes in Inception. But if you move the room at a certain way, even just slowly, the the way the camera and where the camera's angled, it can make the the anti-gravity stuff look really, I don't know, crazy and... No, it was believable when she's in contact with the wall. Yeah. But I'm saying that right before she actually dies, you know, her she's floating in midair. Oh, you're talking and, about the floating. And, okay, okay, and, okay. And spinning, spinning like independently. Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting how they shot that. I'm, I'm guessing it was camera tricks and wires or something. That's that'd be my guess. But yeah, right. Yeah, right. I agree. But anyways, I agree with you. Yeah, watching that scene, like watching, I'm just kind of like giggling and laughing. But all right, before we dive into that, let's do a little bit. Let's do. We'll talk about director, director, actors, box office. We'll dive into the film. And then we'll talk about fun facts that we may have not mentioned already. That's sort of like the that's sort of like the format we've been doing with with these yeah. films, right? Does that right. sound good to you? Does that work for you? Yeah, sure. All right. So I'm sure most people already know Wes Craven was the director. He was actually the creator, writer, whatever you want to writer, definitely. He created this whole film. So it stars Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy Thompson, the main character. A young Johnny Depp. Glenn, who plays Glenn Lance, and then you had Amanda. Oh, I'm probably gonna butcher her name. Amanda, Wiss, I, I Wiss, Wiss. Wiss. Okay, thank you. Uh, plays Tina Gray, the woman that we were just talking about that died in the beginning of the film. Then you had, is it Sue? Sue I Garcia. Think I think it's Jesu. Jesu. Jesu Garcia uh, plays Rod Lane, which is weird because I don't remember them calling him Nick, but in IMDb they have him listed as Nick Corn. It says Rod Lane as Nick Corn. I already recognize him as Rod. And then those are the main characters. Obviously, Robert Englund played Freddy Krueger, and then John Saxon played Lieutenant Thompson, who was Nancy's father. And then right. Roni Bart Blakely played Marge, which is her mother. So, not outside of all these actors, I don't. And I mean, Robert Englund's a is a professionally trained stage actor. He's done a lot of stuff off of film, like off of uh, TV. But outside of like Johnny Depp, most of these people really haven't done a whole lot, right? Like anything John, like John, notable. John Saxon. John Saxon seems uh, very. I. I. He, there's something in, fam- familiar about him. I know he's been in I, other yeah. stuff. And uh, he. I don't. I don't know what it is. He looks like he might have. For a second, I was like, "Has that guy ever been a James Bond?" Because he looks like he would have been. He's got the dark eyebrows. He's got the chiseled jaw. That's what. That's what I thought. I had to look into it, and he no, he hasn't. Yeah, I know. I looked up his. I, I thought the same thing when I, I actually when I went to I watched it on Amazon Prime. And they had a big picture of him for some reason. Like I said, banner. I was like, that dude looks super familiar. And I looked him up. I was like, he really right. hasn't done a whole lot of shit that I would like know. Like that was like 
well known. He's done a lot of stuff, but nothing that's like super well known to me. At right. Least. So he was in. He was in. I think the sequel. I don't know which one. He was either in part two or part three. I know he was in in, in a couple of other Nightmare on Elm Street films, but. So I thought I thought it was really funny. I was like, "Yeah, that's right." Johnny that might Depp be that might be where it is. That might be where that familiarity comes from. Solely is those other Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah, but I thought it was really hilarious to go back because I remember Johnny Depp was in this film. I just had forgot, and I was like, "Oh shit! Holy fuck!" Hey, Johnny Depp. He was only twenty one when he filmed this. Right. Funny. Oh, this is fun. this is his this is his film debut. Yeah, this is his first yeah. movie ever. Did you know? You probably know this, but maybe don't. Did you know that originally they were gonna cast Charlie Sheen as Glenn? Correct. And they couldn't afford him. Nope. <laughs> Too much money for Charlie Sheen at the time. It's so funny, like, how I look back on these films and how, like, people's careers turn out. And, and if you I think just... about it, if you think about it, right, it's, it only would have been 12000 to oh, have him in yeah, the film. Yeah, because you're talking about how long. Yeah, because it took, they only filmed it in 32 days. It took him 32 30, days to yeah, film. Yeah, like 30, 30, 32 days. So it only would have been, like, what, like twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000? Yeah. And they couldn't. What was the what was the cost of the film? Oh, you know what? I don't think I had that in my. Because I'm I'm pretty sure it grossed twenty four million. Maybe I don't have that. May I might be I had incorrect. To, no, I had to pull it up and then I closed it out. Oh, forgot. <laughs> okay, Shit, it might have. It might have. To so be okay, here's so yeah. The budget was only according to this is from Wikipedia, one point one million dollars. Wow, that must have been really scrounging. If they could so, shelf, you know, 14000 in one direction to get the actor that they wanted. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was just one of the areas they just really wanted to skip out on. Because I know, I don't know how much they put in effects, but I know they put a lot into the effects. Like the, the bloody scene when Glenn dies, the scene when Tina dies, the makeup of Freddy Krueger was like, you know, it took three hours to four hours to put on every day. So I'm pretty sure that was a huge chunk of their budget and they probably maybe they could skimp out with because you're really I mean really in a horror movie do you really need like top tier actors or like well known actors I think it does help but like in a horror movie during that um, time like I, th- I think that having a skilled actor makes a difference true it it did in this fucking movie yeah true but I'm saying in a, in a lot of movies even like original Star Wars right none of those actors were well established right in the original Star right. Wars films, and they, they spent all the money on special effects and practical effects and all that stuff. So right. I felt like that was a trend going on with a lot of movies from the 80s. And I think still it's now, too. Even when, like, no, I was going to say when The Force Awakens, they did get Adam Driver, who was f- not quite who he is today, but he was still pretty well-known. But they, I mean, a lot yeah, of those people... For, you know, it's funny you say that, because that's the first time I had seen Adam Driver ever. Yeah, he was on a TV show called, I want to say it was called Girls on HBO for a while. Yeah, that was like my my main, I knew of him at the time, right? He definitely wasn't Adam Driver now, right? Of who he was. I mean, Daisy Ridley, I mean, all these people. I think the most notable actor from The Force Awakens for me was Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I think he was probably the most notable actor in those films. I can, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, they probably skipped out on, on cast and they, they went with production you know it's probably it right so you want to jump into box office i love sure, okay. let's, i love, let's talk I love going back to the going back in time okay so we'll do top 10 with some few few others in here the, some fun things about this movie the last starfighter came out in 84 
slept on. Slept on. The Terminator came out in '84. Red Dawn came That's out right. in '84. Breaking. Yep. Breaking came out in '84. Revenge of the Nerds came out in '84. Scarface came out in '84. Man, Sixteen Candles came out in '84. Whoa! What Missing, a rough lineup. Missing in Action came out. The never-ending story came out in 84. Dude, this is... Dune came out. Like, Dune's more of like a cult classic. It was not really a great movie. But at number... So at number ni- 99... Starman came out? Holy Christ. This is crazy to me. Anyways, do you know where... Did I say this already? Do you know where Nightmare on Elm Street came out? Where it landed? Oh, where in the position? No, yeah. I'm assuming since you just listed like 13 films, it's going to be after them. No, it's number 99. <laughs> it's number 99. Wow. Yeah. So. 99? Yeah. Number 99. Anyways, so top 10. They, but they released 100 films in 84? Yeah, according. This is from boxofficemojo.com. This is where I get my box office stuff. So. There's I mean, got, a, that's, a lot of movies come out, dude. Like, a lot of them. But, are you, but box office means. Doesn't box office mean theatrical release yeah not a lot of tons of movies come out dude like there's movies that show up in like two or three theaters sometimes no 10 theaters that's crazy oh actually i had that i had that mixed up this is weird why this is really weird okay well now we have a whole segment that we have to cut no so okay so this is weird i'm getting one this has it says Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi gross three million eight hundred ninety-six thousand, but then it says total gross two hundred fifty-two million. This is weird. It says it's a, it's, that can't be right. That can't be right. It says Star Wars was one hundred thirtieth in nineteen eighty-four. There's no way that film only did. Is it true Star Wars was that bad? Oh, okay. That's why. Okay, I'm. It came out in 83, and that's what, probably why the number was so low. It came out in May of 83. So you have all of, more, more than half of 1983, and then also all of 1984. It still was 137th in 1984, if that makes sense. Does that make sense right. now? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I, it was really bugging me. I was like, how in the hell? Did was, it, was, it in, was it in theaters for fucking? I guess so. Apparently, they just left it in the theaters, and you could still watch it. I mean, sometimes films do weird stuff like that. I mean, we've seen to bring movies back. Like, they just brought back Avatar to watch in the theater, right? Okay, so this is going to be fun to edit. But anyways, I was sorry. I was getting thrown for a loop because Nightmare on Elm Street was 99th in 1984. Star Wars Return of the Jedi was 137th. And I was like, there's no way that can possibly be. But Return of the Jedi came out in 83 in May. So that's why it was on 137th. Okay. And Ghostbusters is number one. You just ruined it. I was going to go through the top 10. <laughs> all right. Anyways. All right. Top 10. Romancing the Stone. Terms of Endearment. Star Trek 3. The Search for Spock. Number 7. Beverly Hills Cot. Number 6. Was Footloose. Number 5. Was Police Academy. I didn't realize Police Academy was that much of a box office hit. Number 4. Was The Karate Kid. Number 3. Was Gremlins. Number 2. Was Indiana Jones and Temple of Dune. And you already said Ghostbusters was number 1. That's a that's a pretty damn good year, man. Every year we look back, I'm like, that's a damn good year. <laughs> I guess every year, yeah, because films, we right? have we have these emotional attachments to these films. You know? Yeah, they're they're I, they're what raised you. You know, you you see these characters and they're so they're so believable. The characters in these films, they're easy to. It's easy to see yourself in that situation. A lot of films 
now leave a lot to be desired in terms of I see myself as that character. Even for, you know, kids nowadays, things are so, like, it, the way that I perceive it, it's so outside of our, like, a ability to conceive what those characters are like because they're so grandiose. But, like, a lot of characters back in, in, in films from this time, they felt more realistic. Albeit, there are some films where I was like, who is this, what is this performance? Watching it back now, but at the time, it's a, it's a little more believable. Let's take, for example, some of the things that they say in Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the film that we're covering today. Some of the things that they say in that film, you're like, who talks like that? Like when, they're, when the doctor... It, when they're doing the dream study, they're just having this casual conversation. They're just having this totally unrealistic back and forth with each other. The doctor and the mom. And then everything that, oh my goodness, what is her name? Everything that Roni Blakely says, everything that she does in the whole movie is so insanely, I do not mean to berate her, but I just could not believe that she was this, you know, Nancy Heather uh, Lyon's mother. I could not believe it because there was no sense of urgency. Everything she was, everything she said, yes, but then maybe you should go to bed because when you go to bed, you'll feel better. And she's like, Mom, I, there's a demon. And she's like, okay, but bed will be good for you, sweetheart. Like, that's so <laughs> fucking weird. And then at the, like, when they finally reveal, you know, they reveal, she's like, Freddy was a child murderer and we all gathered, killed him, and it was nice. She's trying, she's like trying to be so smooth and delicate with every single word that she says. And I hated it. Yeah, the, the, so you're talking about diet. I mean, hey, I felt like, so I felt like she probably was like, given these lines right these are the lines that she was given and the director was probably like i need you to do it this way and so she probably that's that's what i took from those scenes i agree with you wholeheartedly like, it was really fucking yeah. weird how she would talk to her it's so I mean, weird I, too because i'm trying not to have i try not to have like a i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off no 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 i'm just I try saying, not to, go ahead go ahead god go ahead. damn it <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> No, okay, here's what I was going to say about it. I think they were trying to portray her as some drugged-out mom who's fucking weird. And I think that that sort of comes off, but not, it just wasn't done well, I guess. like That like, does not come off for me. What comes off for me is I don't give a shit about my child. That's what came off to me. That is also another thing. one of the things that Wes Craven has, has sort of said that these movies are sort of influenced or influenced by parents who don't, you know, pay attention to their children, right? And this is like sort of like... Uh, I guess you're right. So that is true. That's one of the tropes with, with these films is un unattended kids. Like, you look at, like, Glenn. I mean, he's just in his room with headphones and a TV and, like, the parents are really uninvolved. They're literally leaving them alone and they're having, like, people come over. So, I get what you're saying. I'm just trying to look at it a little bit more layered right 
I like I agree with you. It's really weird how how she talked to her kids. But I mean, she's a drugged out mom that went through a traumatizing thing. They killed a man who was murdering children in their neighborhood. So I can kind of see where they were trying to go with that. But I also like, yeah, I think they could have gone a different direction. Maybe not did it so blatantly weird, like for her to act that way. But- yeah, because she it's weird. It's just weird, like just her her tone and her pacing, like when she speaks. Well, doctor. What does that mean? Like, what the fuck? Who talks like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a scene at the end of the movie when Freddy comes out of the dream. Don't. Right? don't. And she's like screaming. Don't. <laughs> she's Stop. Screaming Stop. for her help. And the dude's just standing there like, hmm. Huh? You're like, oh, okay. He's just standing there. And then so then shit goes down with her and Freddy. And then they come back, they're downstairs, and she breaks open the window, and she starts screaming again, and the cop is still standing there, and finally, maybe I should get her father. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. Yeah, exactly. That was worse to me. That was worse. That that kind of stuff is crazy, because he's under specific instructions, right? This is the same thing that happened in Child's Play, where they have all of these officers in her apartment, and they're like, we're conducting an investigation. And she's like, you need to leave. And all the cops are like, hey, roger that. Bye. And they yeah. just leave. Like, they don't, t- they, don't, they don't protest. Like, no, you need to go get a fucking hotel because we're trying to figure out who killed your friend, you idiot. But she's like, my son said that she fell, so she fell. And they're all like, okay, bye. Like, what the fuck? This literal insanity. He's like, hey, if anything weird starts happening at my house, you come get me. Which is already like, no. The daughter told you, Dad, I need some fucking help. Screaming at the time. He's like, everything's under control. I was like, she's screaming for help. What are you doing? And then the the fact that he was still standing there. He screams it at her. He's like, hey, everything's (laughs) under control here. Yeah. Your boyfriend's fucking dead, though. Like, what the fuck? It's a weird film. Yeah, the, the thing that gets me is he's still standing there when yeah. she's down. Just, I, minutes have passed, and she breaks out the window and downstairs and screams. He's still standing. Like, what are you doing during this time? You're just standing there like, I don't know, playing with yourself? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's yeah, just like, He's just oh. looking at the TV. He's looking at the fucking, mm. not the TV. He's looking at the house like, house? Hmm. That, hmm, she, that She broke if, the glass. That if, seems weird. Not of, her yelling for, not her yelling bloody murder. Of all the things in this movie, all of the gripes, that was the most egregious one to me. That just, <laughs> that was the one that just really was like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can understand, like, like how, just how does that happen? Like, who, like, when you're writing a movie, like, that, those are the little things, that's something like, just, oh, I can't even, I can't even say it right now. It's just because I'm, it makes me so angry, like. Dude was literally just standing there while a girl was locked in her house screaming for help twice this at two is different like, windows. This is like this is like the scene in like Saving Private Ryan where like Upham is going up the steps and the 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 German soldier is like stabbing uh, yeah, fish in the anything. chest and he just doesn't do anything. He's just walking up there and you're just like, he's right there. Just help him. I can I understand. You're stressed out. It's war. It's a completely different beast. Okay. I get it. Okay. But you cannot deny it. 
the you frustration is there. to me that the frustration is there yeah because that's i feel i love when films do that where they make you feel like that tension because you know something that the character you're watching doesn't so you're like fucking go and they just i think like <laughs> so i think for me that scene i'm okay with that scene because it makes sense in the grand scheme well, of that's things. true that's that yeah i don't but know the if ra- this makes the rage is the same but yeah, the, the rage, rage is, is the same. i guess the rage is the same but for this for the guys to just stand there and it's just i don't know uh i just it just didn't make just didn't make zero sense maybe i'm over like overreacting to it but i was really angry with that scene i was like this what the fuck dude mm, yes but, welcome uh, to the dark side of petty yeah. gripes with films <laughs> yes I mean, I there are certain things like little like if they make sense to me, I'm fine with them pass. But that made zero sense to me. Like I'm like, what, what? But anyways, I know we just jumped to that that scene. I just I, I don't even know what we were talking. We we're just talking about the maybe movie. maybe it's the actor's fault. You know, maybe he's like, I'm not gonna say it unless I get more screen time. That, I have it wasn't, I have eight it wasn't seconds on film so far. It wasn't what he said. It was the fact that he was standing there for like three or four minutes. After she screamed for help to go get just her dad. Just looking at her. Yeah, just looking just, at her. So that means, was he just standing there like this, looking at the house? Yeah. The whole that's time? What, that's what like, that means. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's so like, inco- that, Incompetence as it, at its finest, man. Yeah, that was... that's that was, <laughs> I just was like, this is so dumb. But anyways, all right. So now we're, we've sort of like ripped open this thing. We're just diving right into it. <laughs> uh, what? So... In general, how did you feel watching this movie? I I laughed my fucking head off. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. the The one thing that I was like, Ugh, is the whole like the chase through the boiler room and the boiler scene, and also when she's hallucinating the end? or, or dreaming. When, about the end when she's in the no. boiler room or the which boiler boiler room scene are you talking about, or just boiler room scenes in general? I don't know. Well, I like the boiler room scenes because they're filmed in a on a, in an authentic thing. It's not a set; it's a it's a real actual, building. Yeah, it's an actual you know make, like factory setting, not factory, but boiler room setting. It's like it a real thing. Prison, no I believe. Props. I think they filmed it in. An oh, I don't know. Prison. Yeah, it was an actual prison boiler boiler. I can't say that word today. Boiler room. <laughs> Anyways, continue on. I was just but curious yeah, to know I, which I, scene you were specifically. I, I love the, the the so I like the. What's the word I'm looking for? So, a boiler room. I guess you could consider it a liminal space. Do you know what that is? What well, I mean, yeah, like limited. There's not much. No, well, meaning. sure. But there's a lot to be desired from a boiler room because there's no, like, people coming and going. You know, it's something that... It's like looking at, you, ever, you know, the back rooms or like the SCP about the back rooms and stuff like that, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you fall mm-hmm. in, you glitch out of the, the real world into where the, the carpet's wet and the back, right. So that's a liminal space. You don't know why. You can't pinpoint it, but it makes you uncomfortable. And the scenes with, in, in this film with the boiler room, it gives me that feeling. I wouldn't mm. really call a boiler room, I guess, a liminal space, but I get, I guess, the same sensation of unease because the way that it's portrayed in the film, it looks like a maze, you know? And it's, 
you get this vibe of like, I don't know where to go. It's unending. There's turns, there's pipes, there's steam, there's water, there's screeching and clanging. And it's this sense of, of dread that befalls her while she's, while she's maneuvering through it. And, and Freddie's chasing her. That really, that's really like what I guess got people terrified because the thing with the arms in the beginning was not for me. I was like, what are y'all doing? How is this? Ooh, I've got big arms. Like, dude, when he chases after her in the beginning, like his like crazy run, that was funny to me. Like when he finally yeah, starts chasing, he's, he's like doing like, like this weird like, <laughs> and, and he's a crab run, like ah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like raw. Be afraid of me. Yeah, hundred percent. Like literally, like, what you do when you chase your kids? You're like, and then they yeah, run away. Exactly. You're like, get out of here. I'm gonna get you. Exactly. It's like this yeah. not serious kind of like scary situation. But I also think it's weird. That he can, even in other films, you know, where the bad guy's chasing you, Jason, for, woof, Jason Voorhees is known very well for this. Why? It's like a weird thing for me in film. Nobody sprints when they're running away from a bad guy in a horror movie. Ever. People lightly jog. If you watch the film over, like, you're going to tell me right now, if you're scared out of your fucking mind, you're going to lightly jog while looking back going, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm hauling I'm fucking, ass, man. I'm fucking, the engine is full of coal, and I'm fucking going. Yeah. Steam is going. I'm, I'm burning rubber. All right? There's no, oh, he's going to get me while I loosely run to my home. Maybe, maybe the, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they do that on purpose because like, I maybe they're the f- frame per second on the camera couldn't catch it. I don't, I don't fucking know. You know, it's funny. I saw a video the other day on social media where this guy was getting attacked by, I think it was a seal on the beach and someone was recording it from far away and he was tripping and falling down as it was like chasing him. I mean, it wasn't like in danger, really any danger. I don't know what he did. But he was tripping and falling down. And the person said, like, and you guys think this doesn't happen in movies? And I was like, you know what? I guess I, I guess that could happen. Being, I mean, this didn't happen in this movie. I think it's more synonymous with Friday the 13th is falling down when serial killers coming after you. But Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm hauling ass. I'm out of there. I guess one of the things for me, though, was in this movie where there were scenes like when she was falling asleep in school and she gets up and she goes, hmm, let's go find out what's over here. I'm like, no, motherfucker, I'm not going over there. <laughs> like, I'm... I'm staying here with other yeah. people. I'm not going over there. Like, I'm staying right here. I'm like, yeah. The, and it's always like that curiosity killed the cat with these movies, right? Like, uh, would they go and have to go see what's going on? Like, no, nah, man, there would be no horror movie with me. Either I'm booking it, I'm getting the hell out, or I'm staying right here with all of my friends and we're here. We are not leaving each other. And we we're about, we're going to take this motherfucker down together. Yeah, this goes. This takes us back to the Resident Evil thing, where it's like, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> we just took we just took very serious contact, and one of us died. You go investigate by yourself." Also, I'll, I'll wait here. <laughs> also, here's no gun. Like, yeah. what, Jill? What you should take on? this lockpick because you're the master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, man! The, the way with things- one-liners from these films. Goodness. Things have gotten so much better, at least in that regard, is, is lines and the believability in horror films, I guess. I mean, you, man, I need to watch some more recent horror films, like more like, 
because I, I fell out of horror. Like I was a big horror fan, but I don't want to blame my ex-wife. She just wasn't a big fan of them, and so I just kind of naturally stopped watching them, right? Because right. no one, and then I couldn't watch them with my kids because they're too young. They can't now. So for like the last ten years, I haven't really watched any horror films. So I'm kind of interested to go back and, and watch some of the the good ones that we have talked about. I guess like Sinister is supposed to be like really good, and apparently um, Sinister is what people consider one of the scariest yeah. films yeah. ever. So, I'm really interested. What's funny is if you you'd think that I love horror movies. I watch horror movies regularly. Yeah, and and I've never seen it, so I have no frame of reference to be even able to tell you. I will tell you that Hereditary fucked me up, and I do not get fucked up easily. <laughs> but I guess if you want to put it that way, horror films like I'd rather a horror film make me feel uncomfortable rather than jump scare me like maybe go like i don't i don't like jump scares either i don't i'd rather i'd rather a film make me feel uncomfortable oh yeah like give me like that 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 eerie feeling of i don't like the way that the guy walks just something that simple is enough for me to be like this movie is fucking awesome yeah, I'm I'm the same way too. Like, I don't need like I mean I don't like jump scares just in general because I just I just don't like them. It's funny in a game to me. Sometimes when you play a game, you get a jump scare. That's kind of fun. But when I'm yeah. watching a movie, I don't know why. It's just something that I don't necessarily enjoy. But like body horror, like aliens, blob stuff like that, is super interesting to me because it's just like you know it's taboo, whatever you know, and just violent horror i'm okay with like i find that interesting I, I sound really fucked up talking about the horror that like i like violent horror i like saw when people get chopped up and cut off their feet and stuff i mean but the, there's this <laughs> there's i'm sure that there's a certain level of depravity that can be displayed in a film where you're like all right that's oh that's yeah oh, yeah i mean so i think hostile pushed their limits for me as far as like how much i like like physical horror like like killing big hostile push the limit for me the first one like that was probably like okay like that's a bit much for me like i don't need all that you know um damn it now well, there, i me. mean hostile <laughs> yeah we're like going on another <laughs> tangent all right so we'll, we'll, we can talk about so one thing one thing we'll, we'll keep going on on nightmare all right so one thing i did like is that they didn't um utilize the the trope of the 80s of a lot of 80s films which was to like i guess utilize a lot of like semi nudity or full on nudity they didn't do that and i really like that i think that it might have been because of how much it would have cost because i think you get you have to get paid more if you show skin whether you're a male or a female yeah, it's funny so, looking back on that now, though, because like that's synonymous with Friday the 13th, right? Oh, I'm a, you know, a college high school kid. Let's go have sex. It is true. Uh, that sex. does, that does happen, yeah. But it's like nostalgia. It's like, you know, that's part of that history or that film. Like It's a trope with it, and it's tied to that. So it's like one part I agree with you. Like, yeah, I kind of like that. In, like, when has, a, when has there ever been a sex scene in a film? And you're like, you know what? I'm glad they put that sex scene in there. It made sense, and it progressed the story. Like, right. You know, like, I don't care. Like, Game of Thrones was notorious for this. And I'm like, I don't need to see what's your name in, in an uncomfortable sexual situation. I don't need to see it. Like you can reference it another way. That's just my take yeah. on those things. It's but, different. If it's different. If like they get murdered while doing it or whatever, that's different. 
which happens in Friday the 13th quite often. Not well, not in the first film. In the first film, they're disrobing. They don't show anything. They're disrobing. But it's clearly evident because it's like the first scene in the film is like in the 50s. And I remember me and my wife were sitting down. (laughs) We're watching the movie. And these two kids are like, we're camp counselors. Let's go do the dirty thing. And they go upstairs and they're getting ready to get jiggy with it, right? And immediately I'm like, oh, they're going to die. Because that's like the rule. Yeah. That was probably the first time. That was like the, the start of that rule. Wasn't that what you just saw? Shit, you might be right. That's probably you the first right. time that trope started was in that movie. Like, we're going to go if off you, if, if, if you have sex in a horror film, you die. It's like a spoiler at this point. Yeah. And it's it's still used to some extent, at least now. I think they dial it back with if you have sex in a film, in a horror film, if it's like implied that you had sex or it wasn't too exposing or revealing about the character, then they won't die. But if they like show the breasts or they show the 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 physical movement or they show full frontal of anybody, that they're, they're you're going down. You're yeah. getting mo- you're getting you moited. Get, you get naked, you're gonna get killed. But exactly, you, and it's but, gonna it's gonna hoit. Yeah, it's gonna be a horrible <laughs> way to die. Like, and I don't know which one it was. That's it was it's hilarious. Walk looking back, but uh, Jason in one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies kills two people in a sleeping bag by by slinging them against up a tree against oh, a tree. That's, that's that's Jason X. Yeah. Oh man, it's the VR. They, they give him like a VR like an augmented reality to distract him. And it's like these two camp girls on the camp on Crystal Lake. It's all VR. No, there was another, there was another one. Do you, do you want to have premarital sex? Yes. We love (laughs) premarital sex. And then Jason is like staring at them. And then they cut to a scene where two people are talking and then they cut back to him. Just fucking slamming them. Yeah. He's like a fucking tree in their sleeping bags. There's another film before that where they're actually in oh, the sleeping bag together and he picks them up and slams them up against the tree and it's fucking hilarious. So I know my I camera don't, just I don't think out. I've seen that. We're going to have to and do Cut. We're going to have to do this without my camera because I forgot to plug it in and it's still on battery. So <clears throat> Hell yeah, brother. But um, I, we only got like about, because I've tried to hit an hour, so we got about 10 minutes left. So okay. let's, let's continue on with... All right, so my, my looking back... I asked you originally what you thought about going back and watching this film. For me, going back and watching this film... So, let me go back a little bit. Friday the 13th scared the ever-living shit out of me as a kid. I don't know why, looking back on it now, but it really just... I was very young when I watched these films. So, I guess as a kid, seeing that murder and burnt-out face, whatever, and the things that happened is really creepy and scary you know and so but i had fond fond memories of watching it with my dad having sleepovers you know with my friends and you know spending i had an old i have an older sister too she's much older than me she's like seven or eight years old but she was in high school when these films came out and so we would watch them together so i really had a fond memory of these watching them now i was just i try to always try to say i try to watch it with an appreciation appreciation for the time that these were made and understanding that like stuff we have now is more nuanced more thought out more money, you know, just in general, I would say more better. <laughs> in general, 
more more bueno more yeah more bueno and so but going back and watching this film there, yes there's a lot of stuff that's just weird like him cu- cutting off his fingers like he's like hey look at me and he starts like cutting off his fingers like that's just what are you doing like okay i guess that's creepy and, <laughs> creepy and weird you know like, i found that more creepy than scary i was just more like kind of weird dude yeah, I I guess that was the intent was to be weird to show Freddy's like kind of, and it, what's interesting as these more movies have come out, I haven't watched any of them recently, but I remember his his personality comes out more as humorous with how he kills people. Like I remember there's one there's one death in one of the movies where he like grabs her and he goes, "You want to suck face?" and then like which is you know like slang for kissing. kissing, and he like literally grabs her and sucks her and she like shrinks and shrivels up and whatnot and so he had more of a personality as the films went on and so i guess that this is like sort of the start of that but that was weird the death scenes actually were p- pretty good i actually was pretty oh happy yeah with the death scenes like you yeah, already the, mentioned the, tina's. the death scenes themselves were amazing yeah you already mentioned tina's which was crazy and like it gave me so anything exorcism-esque creeps me out i don't know why just because yeah, right. that movie really fucked me up legit Legit, that movie fucked me up. Like, I cannot watch Exorcist now and not get chills and scares. Even knowing I'm older now to know that, and I don't believe I'm an atheist, so I don't believe in all that shit. I mean, I do believe that there's weird stuff that does happen in the world that we can't explain. Like, exorcisms for real. I kind of believe exorcisms happen. Like, people get possessed by something. I don't think it's necessarily Christianity or whatever, right? But that movie legit messed me up to this day. I still just feel really icky and, like, creeped out and chills watching The Exorcist. So, anything... That calls back to that creeps me out. So watching that scene with Tina, it was kind of creepy seeing that happen. I will say yeah. Glenn's death, which funnily enough, we talked about doing The Shining. That's actually was inspired by The Shining's elevator right. scene. Right. And so Glenn's death was just like terrifying because just I just as a kid, I just always imagined being sucked down into your bed like randomly while you're sleeping and, you know, like. I don't know, that just, like, really, I thought that was really cool, yeah. and it was really well done watching it, like, thinking about how they shot it, you know, because I didn't do that as a kid. Right. Was it, like, 500 gallons? I don't know, yeah, probably. I don't know, it, it was a lot of water and a lot of paint, I believe. Yeah, like, like a dyed syrup, yeah. Yeah. To give uh, it, like, yeah. that, like, that viscosity. What's funny about that scene, actually, is that since the scene is shot upside down, a lot of that liquid got on their equipment and damaged it, and they actually suffered a power outage. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, they uh, they lost equipment. Yeah, they damaged equipment, and yeah, yeah. I that might have been that might have been a good portion to their their expense. Yeah. <laughs> they had to buy more equipment because they broke it all in that one scene. Yeah. Uh, and then Rod's death was it Rod? Right, Rod. Rod. Yeah, Rod. He dies. Rod's in prison. death. That was, that's another thing that was just really cheesy to me when when they capture Rod after he gets with what's her name, uh, with Nancy. Um, Nancy, right? She like she's walking to school and she gets with and, and he's like talking to her and all of a sudden her dad shows up with all the cops and she was like, "You were using me like in such a cheesy line." It's just like that whole scene was just kind of cringe. Yeah, going you were back using watching. me as bait. Yeah. It was just kind of kind of crazy, and then he was like, "Why are you going to school?" I'm like, "You literally just used her for bait to catch this guy," and not like I don't. Know. That was another yeah. thing that was just like kind of cringy going back the way that's that a, was that's performed. like a that's like a that's like a continuity thing. What do you mean? What what like that's it's a continuity thing, like in terms of like so it's like it's it's a person's job on a film to be in charge of continuity to analyze every scene over post post edit to make sure that things line up that. 
if this cup was in this position from this scene oh. to this scene to make sure that people's lines line up. But it's, you know, the, the people that revise and edit the, the, the screenplay, you know, the, the, for the, the film, they have to make sure that these things make sense. And I feel like somebody dropped a ball on that because it doesn't make sense. Like maybe they didn't why would have you, them back then why, though. Why are you going to school? But I you mean, planned on, you planned on using me as bait anyway. Like, <laughs> right yeah but see i don't think they had things like that because like i said things are more nuanced more thought out they probably i don't think they had someone that strictly their job was to make sure things flowed and you know mm-hmm. stuck to continuity you know what i mean like back then i think i just don't i couldn't imagine the way because i just the way we've seen these films now and you can see where they they didn't they didn't think through some things you know what i mean and this is like some of them Going yeah, going right. back and watching the film, it was fun. Like these are fun to go back, but I actually think this movie wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as the Blob. I think the Blob is probably the worst one that we've seen so far. I don't think this I movie mean, was. It wasn't as bad as Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. And neither wanna... was the Blob. The Blob wasn't as bad as Friday the Thirteenth either. Well, I'm glad you took one for the team and watched that entire movie <laughs> for us. <laughs> but. I I actually I had actually kind of had some fun watching it. My girlfriend never really watched horror films because she she hate she hate I, she hated horror films. Right? She'll watch them now. Like she doesn't like enjoy them or wants to go see them. But she'll watch them now. They don't bother her as much. So she never watched these horror films. So she's watched some of them with me, and she's just laughing. You know, like the music. Oh, we got to get into it. Did you see Stranger Things the latest season? Yes. The music. Did you catch yeah. that? the 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 music from nightmare on elm street and how they implemented it and called back to it in Stranger oh Things. i did not know i did not notice that dude there's the chimes that there's these chimes. there's actually uh you know when they show the clock in stranger things season is i think whatever is it season four is that the latest it's season five. it's it's five i think yeah i think it's season whatever the latest season we are gonna get this accurate damn it kate kate bush's revival Season four. No, it's season four because the Hellfire Club. So anyway, okay. Stranger Things season four. They really did lots of callbacks with music and even some of the dream stuff I felt like was an ode. Even watching it, I felt like it was an ode to Nightmare on Elm Street. I really liked how they how they did all that. But the chime of the clock when you hear that weird like basic doom or whatever it yeah. is yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that's you, a great that's a great was it good was it good um it no. was oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i do i did a person i did a, an impersonation of something you were like that's really good and i can't remember what it was now but there's that the chime and you hear that a couple of times in nightmare on elm street and i was like oh my god that they did that in stranger things i thought that was really cool the music and stuff too some of the weird instruments that they use, they definitely used in season four of Stranger Things. And yeah. was, I don't know if you go back and listen to some of the music, maybe you'll pick it up, but I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I guess maybe because I can, cons- I didn't consider the soundtrack uh, for this film to be like, it didn't like, Whoa, I love that track. There I don't know. It wasn't like that for me. There were some score parts where it's like this is super cheesy, like this music. It's like oh, because I remember my girlfriend was like, oh, this is that's. I this mean, is though, some I, great think, music. I think, but I think I can. You can lend tribute to like it's like yeah, you're dying, but it's funny because that's the way that you know Freddie's character is. 
because yeah, I mean, there's a scene where the fucking tongue comes out of the phone and licks her mouth. Like, what the? I fuck thought that is was that? funny. I thought that was great. I actually like that. He's like, I'm gonna get you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's a I creepy, weird like, dude, pedophile, right? So that kind of traps yeah. for him. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it's super aggressive. But I guess at the same time, you know, it's funny because it is a dream. And Freddy's in control of it, so he's like, it's like depraved, kind of like Pennywise. Like, some things that Pennywise does, you're like, that's just weird, dude, like, being weird. Like, just kill the guy. Like, why do you got to make your arms are lo- all long? I lens like to the scare. It's like, I don't need to do it. It makes you uncomfortable that I'm doing it, so that's why. He gets off it. on it. He's just, it's not, exactly. It's something that, yeah. He's like, I don't have to do this, but look at this. Like slicing his fingers off, you know, like he's like a cat playing with a mouse before he kills it. You know what I mean? I think the most the most practical death out of all of them was Rods in the prison. He gets hanged by the sheet. Which, if you, I don't know if you knew this, but Rod had a very serious heroin Mm. problem on set, and he was high off of his ass during that scene. Yeah, I did not know that until we started researching this film, and I was like, "That's kind of sad." <laughs> I was like, "Man, yeah. I hope he, he was." He got was. He up. was. Yeah, absolutely. I also wish that, but he was under the influence. So I want to talk. Okay, before I got some, I want to go into some of the fun facts and talk about some of the interesting stuff behind the scenes. Before we get, I want to talk about the ending of the movie. I don't have anything else I really want to talk about unless you do. Is there anything about the film itself that you want to talk to? Before? No. The, okay. we could go out of the ending because holy shit okay i think you had the same feeling what the fuck was that i like I, I, I rewound it like 19 times <laughs> like i'm talking about when so i'm talking about when freddie's on top of her mother right and then she goes into the bed with freddie she like turns she like and turns then, into this yeah and then her fucking father just leaves her alone and shuts the door in that room after this just happened yeah which is weird and then he comes back and i guess it's a reference to when glenn was telling her about people with dreams they just ignore it and walk away then whatever you know that's how they get rid of the monsters in their dreams right i think that was that was obviously calling yeah, back she, to that she, line yeah she she turns around and freddie's like oh you're not noticing me ah! <laughs> exactly. you're not paying attention to me i have no power ah! yeah <laughs> but then after that they go and her mom's alive and they get wrapped up in this freddy cougar car and they drive off i mean i like the mystique of it of them like all being back and then i guess like gonna get murdered again i don't know i it was interesting it was a creepy ending but then, like, the mother's standing there at the porchway, like, waving, like, and they're like, help me, help me, and she's smiling, but then Freddy kills her, too. Well, I he mean, kills her. It is weird. I don't even know. <laughs> he yanks a stuffed doll. Yeah, that was clearly, a, like, a blow-up doll or something, like, through the window. But... That was, like, the... And I, that's the scene that I was around. I was like, what? There's no way. Because I, I, wa- I really wanted to get a still of the face. Uh-huh. But I couldn't. Because <laughs> there's like this weird delay when you do it with the TV remote. I'll have to watch it somewhere else. But I was I, like, there's no way that the people are like going to believe that this is a person. He could have done it any different way. I mean, 
You probably, I know how you watched it. Remember, it's an HD now. They had TVs were not as clear as they were back in the day. Like TVs were, yeah, not. I mean, something like even still something like that, you can tell because that's pretty egregious. Like it's a blow up down. That's definitely like not an actual like person clearly. But right. the one thing I will say about the ending, I liked that it wasn't this happy ending where everyone's like, okay, we killed the monster, yay, and then everyone's, oh, everyone's back. I think that's sort of like a thing that happened in the 80s a lot, because horror wasn't nearly what it was today, or, you know, like, we didn't have all of these, we didn't have 10 Friday the 13th movies, whatever, eight Nightmare on Elm Street movies at the time. This is like the beginning of that genre, and so I think everyone was comfortable with this whole, like, happy ending, and I really like that they didn't have that with this film, so I kind of like that enjoyed that but it was just really weird and a lot of it didn't really make a whole lot of sense but i guess that's what they were probably going for they just wanted to fuck with you i think at the end and make you think i feel i feel like that movie the ending of the film is like a big psych like you know like because she turns her back to freddie and freddie's all like oh no yeah look at me and she's like you're not real blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he disappears into the fucking ether with the bed or whatever with the with the mom mummy whatever and <laughs> the the mummified mom she i don't know she looks like a fucking corpse yeah, when they raise the sheet whatever yeah. and so and then they go off they're like oh everybody should be alive again now because you didn't listen to them nancy good job and then they all get in the thing together and then they drive off and she gets murdered and it's totally like a haha just kidding i'm gonna kill you again whatever or shit maybe she's dead I don't know. Is she in I, other yeah. films? I don't recall. I don't remember. I didn't look back to see if she was in any of the other films. I just thought the ending was kind of wild and kind of liked it, but at the same time, it was kind of weird. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird film. I can appreciate the, the effort. I did like the amount of things that it took to, to get the thing, t- to get the character together. It took a lot of childhood trauma from Wes Craven to create Freddy And... I don't know, so you probably know this, but if you're listening and you don't know, Freddy Krueger is Fred, Freddy Krueger's name is a real life bully that Wes Craven had when he was a child named Fred Krueger. And um, to be honest with you, I don't know if immortalizing your bully in a film is a win. It's a win for the bully. It's like, haha, I traumatized you so much you made a whole fucking movie about me. I win. I don't know. That's, could, I don't know. I think maybe who knows what the relationship was like when he made the film. I, mean, I, don't, I, didn't, I couldn't find anything of him actually going, him asking to use his permission, you know, for this or how he felt about it. But yeah, I don't know. I, just, yeah. I was thinking about that myself. Like, how would I feel if someone immortalized me as some burnt up? child pedophile killer you know what i mean like that's kind of fucked up man that you might need yeah. to talk to somebody about about those issues but yeah yeah i don't know if you want to talk more about that because i thought that was interesting i did i did find that as well uh, about the the origins of freddy krueger all right well i mean i'm ready to close it out we've been t- we've been talking for a while okay Okay, and I know, and we're, we could just keep going. We could keep going. We could go for hours on each one of these films, but we're trying to keep them short. All right, so I'll do, I'll do a couple of fun facts, and then we'll close it out. We sure. we had lots of breaks because of my 
dumb dumbness or whatever. <laughs> uh, so Nightmare on Elm Street was inspired by actual real life events from a series of articles that Wes Craven read about some teenage kids who had moved to the U.S. as refugees but died in their sleep after suffering from disturbing nightmares. So, I also think yeah, the dream like, aspect is always really cool. Like, there's you can play around with dreams so much. Like Inception I think, is like one of I my think, favorite movies. I, I think that that that's what's that's what's really scary when you really take it down to like the nitty gritty about Freddy Krueger and his character. I think that's what's really scary is that he he your weakness against him is a literal dependency that you need to sleep. You have to go to bed at some point. She said something like she was awake, like for seven days in the film and the record yeah. was like 11. I think that that record has been broken since then, but I know that I've definitely stayed awake for extended periods of time being in the service and you start to see weird shit. Like, shit just ha- starts to, and I don't know if it's, like, that weird, like, membrane that you're going through with reality and, and your mind is, you know, delaying from your sight or from your perception, you know? But I think that that's a cool, that's the real scary thing about Freddy is he depends on you depending on needing to sleep to kill you. Yeah, because at some point, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> at yeah. some point and in time. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm not going to get you now, but I'm going to get you. All right. So you already talked about Freddy Krueger and his origin. So his weapon of choice was inspired by house pets and infomercials. Craven didn't want Freddy to wield a simple knife like Mike Myers in Halloween or Jason in Friday the 13th. So he drew on his own fear of his own cat's claws and a series of late night commercials selling sets or knives to create Freddy's iconic knife glove. Yeah. Isn't there, wasn't there three versions, like a plastic or rubber one? I don't I don't remember. I all I know is I also read that people actually would cut themselves with Freddy's glove when they would wear it cuz when they close their fist, the knives would come down and cut their wrists. I'm like, why, why why would you even need to make it really sharp in the first place? But anyways. Well, there there was one so that I know that there were different versions. There was one that was made of balsa wood, one that was made of rubber and then there was one that was made with actual fishing like fl- like flaying knife mm. which what why <laughs> that could literally that could cut so i thought that that was weird yeah i don't know why you would even make a prop that was like why did a it weapon. need to be sharp yeah why would it need to be actually sharp like there was nothing in that, in that movie where they need to do that oh so you said how many gallons of water apparently it was 80 gallons of water mixed with red gallons. paint so this is from okay. this is all from mentalfloss.com. And I also got some stuff from BuzzFeed as well. The last one I have here is so you talked about that the actor that played the sleep doctor. His name is Charles Fleischer. He actually did the voice for Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I did read that. I was like, yeah, okay. That, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, okay, definitely, right. definitely, but now that I'd have to rehear it to make that mind connection because I could not detect it. Oh no, yeah. Um, we already talked about Charlie Sheen, and then we also talked uh, Sue Garcia and his drug addiction. The last thing I have is, do you know how many minutes Freddy was on screen for in this film? The runtime was only 90 minutes. Do you know how many, how, how many minutes? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, 17. Seven minutes. Seven. Wow. 
total of yeah, seven. Because the rest of the movie is the Renee kids. Blake, Ronnie Blakely going, um, <laughs> darling. This is slow tone. Everything she says takes her 18 minutes to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was more than that, but I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Seven minutes, man. That's all he was on in film. One, one, one effect that I did love in the film was the when he reaches through the wall and he's like straight it look he's mm, you can it's very easily scene. very easily done right but he's reaching through the wall like he's stretching like what i'm assuming is some kind of fabric that he's pressing into you know and they have the the camera reverse or like a mirrored effect so that he's not like leaning into it with full weight he's just pressing into it i thought that that was really and that actually is scary as fuck yeah that was actually really really creepy my girlfriend actually thought it might have been uh, latex or something, but yeah, actually, mm. sheet sheet might have been it too because it kind of stretched too. But yeah, it was, it was really well done. I did like that effect too. Yeah, I I agree. But that's all the fun facts that I had. Those are I, th- I thought those were interesting and, and for this film. So let's wrap this up. I'll let you give a couple minutes on your final thoughts. I'll say my final thoughts. I don't have a whole lot other than what we've already discussed, and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Well, final thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street. Do I think that it stands the test of time? No. Um, I do not. Because of... I think that it's mostly because of poor performance from the actors. But I guess at this time, the actors that were portrayed were not very well-known and very... I mean, Robert Eglund did an amazing job because he tried to emulate a certain character, and I believed it. Obviously, it's cheesy, but it, I did believe it that he believed that he was Freddy Krueger. He ate that role. He, you know, he aced it, in my opinion. Um, I can't really give anybody a hard time because most of the actors in this film, I think this is I, like their first work or some, for some of them, their only work. You know, like you guys know, this is Johnny Depp's first film ever. Literally walked in to accompany a friend and got coaxed into auditioning and got recommended by the buddy that was auditioning. He had no stage experience. He was playing in a band. He was he smelled bad at the audition. He his hands were yellowed from from nicotine stains and stuff like that. So he was not looking good and he just happened to get it. And what's funny is that Wes Craven asked between him and another actor which I could not get the name of him and another actor, he asked his daughter, who do you think suits Hmm. more of like the heartthrob boyfriend? And she chose Johnny Depp. Mm, That's interesting. I didn't know that. He had a big influence on his selection. She's the one that chose him. I, to this, I don't know what his daughter. Just is. imagine Wes Craven going, I believe you are the worst actor I have ever seen. And he goes, but you have heard of me, though. <laughs> As I, just keep imagine, <laughs> I keep imagining yeah. that when I heard that story. I, that, I just kept like, I can't help it. Yeah. You know, he but played. you have heard of me. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But I try, I try to, you know. I understand that it's it spawned a whole franchise. And realistically, if not only did it spawn a franchise that fit into that slasher, you know, kind of horror film, but also it saved New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema was on the on the cusp of bankruptcy. 
And this film pulled them out of the gutter. And now New Line Cinema is what it is today. And it, may, it went on to make many more before. And this is, you know, before New Line Cinema took on, you know, Lord of the Rings. And, and you know, Lord of the Rings winning many, many. So this film literally was the, was, you know, part of the rope that helped pull New Line Cinema out of the, out of the reeds. So it's interesting that you say that because I meant to look this up and I just did. So, Friday the 13th as a franchise was the highest grossing franchise total at the box office at $468 million, but that was broken in 2018 by Halloween because a new Halloween movie had released. So, so yeah, you talk about it saved a studio. I mean, it did almost, it's done almost a half a billion dollars over 40 years. So, that's actually not, not too shabby. I mean, I guess you adjust for inflation to be worth, be more money, obviously, but yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. If you adjusted that money for inflation now. But yeah, I'm going to wrap this up with my, my final thoughts real quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun to go back and watch this film. It's not as bad as The Blob where I just was like, I'll never watch this again. I might watch Friday the 13th with my kids at some point if they want to. Like, I could see that. Or it's just getting drunk one night and saying, hey, let's put this film on. I probably won't ever watch it again outside of some situation like that. But it was fun to go back and watch. The acting was not good. It was... Not good in a lot of spots, but some of the scenes weren't weren't too terrible. I liked the death scenes. I thought they were, I hate to say fun, but I guess like for a horror movie, it was fun for a horror movie scene, you know, and, and, and whatnot. It's just, I just love the, the dream aspect of it. It's really interesting to me. I love dreams in general, like lucid dreaming and all that stuff. Like Inception is like one of my favorite films. So the idea of horror and dreams and being vulnerable in that state is really cool to me. But... It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it also wasn't great. It was just fun to go back and watch. It was, it was actually kind of funny. I actually want to go back and watch some of the other ones now. Uh, yeah. Because I have fond memories of that. And I really want to watch Freddy vs. Jason, because Freddy vs. Jason was fucking awesome. And I haven't seen it since <laughs> a, in a long time, but I remember that movie being fucking hilarious and great. So I remember I saw Freddy vs. Jason in the theater, and at the so end... People were cheering like it was a freaking fight. It was such a great time, like great, great event because everyone was dying for this to happen. And it was just, it was awesome. So that being said, I, think, I have nothing I else. I think in, I think in, in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, I think Freddy pulls Jason's mask into hell. Like yep. he reaches through some dirt. It was uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Is one Jason he Goes to Hell, yeah, the, yeah. I believe it was Jason Goes to Hell at the end. Because I remember saying that, I was like, oh my god! Like, what? So, yeah. Alright, Josh, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. This is this was, this was was a lot of fun to go back. I enjoyed reviewing. I didn't really enjoy reviewing these movies and kind of going back into the snapshot of time. At least what we've been doing with the horror, so... Yeah. This was fun. I, I I enjoyed it. I hope I'm sorry you watched the original Friday thirteenth Friday thirteenth. Put yourself through that. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you do taking it. one for the Do team. it. You should do it. It's 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 free. Is it free? What is it on? It's free on Prime. Okay. I'll watch it. Um, I'll watch you it. Should do it. It's 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 actually it's a lot I I think it's longer than Friday than I'm sorry, than Nightmare. I will check it out. Very good. If you guys have streaming services, you guys should check these movies out. They're on there in their entirety. Amazon Prime. Uh, I think if you have an extension on Hulu, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is on Hulu right now. 
Oh, I have but, Hulu, damn it. I rented it on Amazon Prime. Fuck. Oh, well. Yeah. It's fine. But you have to have the extension, like I said. If you don't have it, then you did the right thing. Anyways, go check these films out. Relive that nostalgia. If it's not nostalgic for you, just have a laugh. Have a drink with your friends. Sit down. Pull out some popcorn. And have a good time. Because it is, it is objectively is fun to watch. Because of how, how well it does not age. So go ahead. You guys go ahead and do that. I hope you guys are having a uh, Halloween full of frights and terrors and fun with your friends. Uh, Peter, I don't know if you have anything left to say, but That's I'm it. Audi 5000. And you guys already know what I'm going to say. Don't be shitty. <laughs> All right, everyone. We didn't have a Metal Gear reference in. Oh, no. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs>